Welcome to In Touch Podcast. We're your hosts, Nicole and Brittany, and together we're here to help you figure out what's right for you in your wellness in this fast-paced world. Welcome back to another episode of In Touch Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, my friend Jim, or he goes by James Garofalo. Um, We all call him Jim, Jimbo, I call him Jimothy. (laughs) Um, He's here with us today. And he went through acupuncture school with me, and we had the honor of adopting him into our class, and it was the best thing to ever happen. Um, He is super smart, super talented. Uh, We both both just graduated, so congratulations to you, Jim, as well. Um, And so we're kind of just going to get started by asking him about himself. So if, Jim, you want to tell us a little bit about what got you started in acupuncture um and obviously I know a lot of your back history but for our listeners and for Brittany who doesn't know if you want to kind of get us started in that uh yeah hi well thank you for having me on here thank you for that wonderful introduction uh I feel so loved <laughs> um <laughs> you are loved yeah oh my gosh what a wild ride uh three or four years of acupuncture school has been I'm still not even over the fact that we're done, but I know I'm not like, I haven't like fully accepted yeah. it. <laughs> um, same. I'm still kind of unwinding from it and I'm sure it'll take a while and studying for boards also. It doesn't feel like it's done yet. Right. They're like, Oh, how do you feel that it's you're graduating? You're like, well, yeah, I'm, still like, studying, so. only, I'm done with class, but, but anyway, yeah. Right. Um, let me talk about myself a little bit. Uh, well, I found acupuncture. I don't know. I was, I've been thinking about this question, like, how am I going to introduce, like, how did I get into acupuncture? (laughs) Um, and the short answer is it feels like this is just what I was meant to do. Right. Like all of the things in my life Mm -hmm. have have led up to this point where I finished acupuncture school and now I get to go out into the world and try to utilize it to help people feel better. Right. But where did I, but where did I come from? Um, There are, I guess if we go all the way back to the beginning, so many health practitioners in my family. My mother is a registered nurse. Uh, My grandfather on my dad's side was a medical doctor. I've got uncles and aunts who are in the medical field. My sister is a massage therapist. Um, So I was like raised around healthcare. Um, I also, uh, my grandparents had a farm growing up when I was growing up. And it was close to where I lived. So I got to spend a lot of time there. And I had like animals that I had to take care of. And I was in 4-H with like goats. We had little um, milking goats. And so learning how to take care of animals and having healthcare people around in your life just kind of like lends you to or lent me to this, this like focus on biology and science and like how do, uh, how does the, human or animal body work right how does just like Mm -hmm. what is biology and how do we make it run better and how do we understand it better right so um there was that and then uh after high school i was feeling a little bit uh unsure of what i wanted to do i didn't feel like i wanted to go to, to college right away I had studied ecology and environmental studies because it felt like to me that going outside and hiking and being outdoors was going to be a really great way, you know, something that I like to do. And 
something I wanted to study so that I could do that more. And like, I have always been focused on doing what you love, you know, like find something that you want to do and do it and be good at it. Um, but getting out of high school, I was like, not that focused. I had done some studying of ecology and I was in some sort of like environmental studies program in high school and I loved it. And I even got a job doing like summer, like a summertime job doing work in an environmental studies laboratory and found out that I hated research. I was like in this basement, I was grinding up these dirt samples that we had collected one day out of the whole year. We went outside to do the hiking thing that I wanted to do. (laughs) And the rest of it, you're like in a laboratory and you are like, drying dirt and grinding up dirt and figuring out how compounds of nitrogen and uh you know weird minerals and stuff are are cycling through the ecosystem uh which is Mm -hmm. amazing once you look at that part but the day-to-day work was pretty boring for me plus i hated school i was like so sick of it i wasn't getting good grades and i never did i was just like the kind of skate by kind of guy anyway so long story short I joined the Air Force. I went into the military. I was like, I got to get out of my hometown. I don't want to work in like a fast food job, but that's all I was really qualified to do at the time. Um, But I also like always wanted to make a big difference in the world. Right. I always wanted to be like, I want to make sure that I'm helping other people. And and that is something that helps me feel good about myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I joined the military. I joined the Air Force. I thought this is a quick way to get some, structure in my life to learn a trade or a skill and then be part of something that's bigger than myself and you know help the world which is what I thought um so (laughs) I did that and turns out that uh well the job that I got in them in the air force was a language job so when you do stuff in the military, you kind of get like a false sense of here, you have a choice of what you want to do, but you actually don't. You kind of just do what people tell you to do, mm-hmm. right? Did you take like an aptitude test? Yeah, for that, there's or? before, as you're signing up for um, enlisted service in the military, you take a bunch of different tests. One of them is just to see if you're qualified to be in the military. But next to that, there mm-hmm. was one that tested your aptitude for learning languages. And I took that, and it turns out that I did really well on it. Um, or at least well enough to qualify for that job. So uh, I went away to basic training and then halfway through basic training, they're like, okay, uh, we're going to decide what language you have. So write this down and tell us what you want. And I had wanted Arabic at the time because I thought it would be difficult and interesting. And it, this was all pre nine eleven, So there wasn't a lot of like Middle Eastern aside from Gulf War from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, we hadn't been focused on Middle East as much up until that point. Um, But I wanted Arabic. They gave me Chinese instead. So I learned Chinese, started doing jobs with that in the Air Force, did that for 11 years. Um, And then along the line, I got involved in CrossFit. Uh, I wanted to learn how to be a coach, right? Because of course I was doing my job and part of being in the military is you got to stay in shape, right? Right. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't having an easy time doing that on my own. So I found a gym, uh, started CrossFit training, got really interested again back in like biology and human performance and how the body works um, through that. And that became kind of like my side focus while I was still in the military. 
Um, and then in 2011, I got out of the Air Force and decided now it's time for me to go to school. And at the time, I had already been coaching CrossFit. I had started to and wanted to learn more about that. So I enrolled in Ithaca College in Ithaca, New York, and studied exercise science for my undergrad degree. Um, and I spent three, three years there in school total because throughout my time in the Air Force, I had accrued about a year's worth of kind of like early prerequisite undergrad degree credits, mm -hmm. right? So there were a lot of things that I didn't have to take. Um, so I basically transferred in and only had to do three years. Uh, so I learned exercise science, you know, human anatomy, physiology. That was my first like real focused study on anatomy, physiology and like human biology. Um, I spent a year coaching after I graduated high school or sorry, after I graduated undergrad, I coached for a year and then was like, okay, I like coaching. I like that I'm helping people get more fit. But now I want to go a little bit further. Like, is 70-year-old mm -hmm. me going to be in the gym coaching people? <laughs> and I couldn't really see that. And I was like, well, what's the next step, right? So I had mm -hmm. these two right. these two kind of, like, con uh, lines that I was still living. I was still, like, fresh out of the Air Force. I had been focused on, like, Chinese language and Chinese culture and uh, just getting really interested, more and more interested in that. Uh, while at the same time, dealing with this like exercise, uh, human anatomy, physiology, human performance kind of interest. And where those two lines intersected for me was acupuncture, right? Chinese medicine is the combination mm -hmm. of these two things that I was very interested in. Um, yeah. So then luckily enough, there was a school close by that had an acupuncture program. And I signed up and I started 2016. That's uh, with, so cool. Yeah. That was probably a way longer introduction now, than you needed or wanted. Well, but. we <laughs> needed that to understand like where you said that those lines met. And yeah. I just always think it's so interesting when we have all these signs and everything from the universe that lead us to the path that we're supposed to be on. And um, I just have like a similar story too. So I can, I understand you have to tell that whole thing to get where we're at. Yeah. But I feel like I've just been so lucky to kind of listen to that, those little signs and messages. It's like the decisions that I've made have always felt like this is the right move for you right now. And even if you're not sure about it and what's going to happen, it's like, just do it and you'll figure it out and you'll find out a reason. <laughs> like you'll understand eventually why you made that decision, even if it's a couple of years later down the line. Absolutely. That's a great example of like trusting your own gut, which so many people have a huge issue with doing or like not an issue, but like a hard time doing. Yeah. I know I do half the time. And I, you know, I, um, so that's good that you followed it. And I'm one of those people who, who like thinks about things for a long time too. So not that I'm just mm -hmm. off here living in the now because I have so much trouble with that, but I've been lucky enough to, you know, feel like I've made the right decisions so far <laughs> absolutely definitely have <laughs> and i just want to say for our listeners like jim i love we love having jim in class when we had him in class and teaching stuff because a he's like a great teacher whether he knows it or not um but we just like listening to him say all the opinion names of the points and the herbs and stuff because 
you are always like, nope, I got to say it right. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and you're like, your pronunciation of it. <laughs> it's great. It's beautiful. I'm like so in awe of my classmates who studied this without knowing Chinese. Like, I'm not so fluent in Chinese that I'm just like, I could read a book and not have to use a dictionary. Like, I can barely read a sentence. But. But you do. You like can figure it out. I can figure out. it out. Which is amazing. You're like, oh, this means this, this means this, so it probably means this. And the teachers are like, that's exactly what it is. And we're all like mouth open, staring at Jim, like you're yeah. amazing. And that's, oh my gosh, I, I'm just so in awe of my classmates for studying this medicine without having that background. And it's crazy. And but also plug for studying Chinese language. The more that you learn about that, I think the deeper and more enriching your Chinese medicine education will be. And that goes for anybody who's even thinking mm-hmm. about becoming Chinese medicine practitioner. But that said, there's plenty of people that don't know any Chinese and are still amazing practitioners. So don't let one uh, scare you away from the other. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. Yeah, definitely. I didn't even think going into school that I would be learning any, not only that we learned Chinese at all, but that I would be using this language and saying these words and having to it's just pure memorization mm-hmm. after a while you're like oh bajantan you're like oh well i know what that means now but <laughs> like i remember when we we're sitting and you were in our yeah. class at this time but abby was teaching our intro to herbs and she was just like rattling off formulas and names and i'm like literally i don't know what you're saying and it's amazing but weird and now like i say that and i'm like i wonder what i sound like to people that don't know what the heck i'm talking yeah. well, about the- like it probably the is. amount of information that we learned in three years is incredible and like to yeah. we've all been studying for boards so we've all been flipping back through our like first semester notes and i'm sure everybody has the same kind of feeling when they look through it after not looking through it for a while it's like how did i not know mm-hmm. this stuff in the first place <laughs> like it feels like so right. ingrained in us now that it's almost like i don't mm-hmm. even know what it was like to not know this stuff which feels really good. Yeah. But also to know there's so much more to learn. The thing about Chinese medicine and about anything that you're interested in is there is just so much to learn. You just have to enjoy that aspect of it too. Yeah. I like actually have been enjoying because so I did my biomedicine test Mm -hmm. last week and then I'm like now studying like theory, which theory is my favorite thing in Chinese medicine. I just love learning like how the body works and their eyes and their lens um and so i'm just like really enjoying it It doesn't feel like oh i have to study i'm like oh i want to read like another chapter and like refresh myself and Mm -hmm. you know learn things that i totally forgot about so it is like and you just continue to like read throughout your years of practicing because there's just so much to learn and to remember yeah i love it Okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to just say, too, this is just see. making me think, like, of that theme of being a lifelong learner. And I think so often when we're in school and overwhelmed by all the stuff that we're learning for the first time, and we're like, I just can't wait to get out of school and pass my boards and go to work. But it's so much more than that. We have to continue to learn. Yeah, totally. And I, I think for mm-hmm. me, the moment that I started to realize um, that I was ready to graduate is when I started feeling like, okay, I wish that I could stop studying what I'm studying right now because I have to, so that I can start focusing on the things that I want to. It's like, I got sick of doing homework, but I never got sick of learning new things about Chinese medicine. And when I was like 
starting to feel real eager to like get out of school so that I could do that. I was like, okay, now I'm, you know, I'm not going to be the best acupuncturist just graduating school. And like, I'm not even an acupuncturist yet, not licensed, Mm -hmm. you know, but, Mm -hmm. but I know that I'm ready to start to treat patients, to learn more through the practice of medicine. And that's the, that's the journey that I'm really excited about right now. But at the same time, I'm so burnt out. It's like hard to find them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there any specific like niche or population that you want to work with? No, it's one of those for me personally. I'm like, I don't, I haven't practiced enough to even feel like pulled in yeah. one direction or the other. You know, yeah. I think because of my coaching and sports background that I will find myself treating kind of like sports medicine injuries, uh, Mm -hmm. orthopedic stuff, but mostly because those are the people that I'm going to search out as my patients. Like I'm going back into um, a community that I worked in and I worked with athletes. So I expect to treat a bunch of athletes, but I'm so um, interested in internal medicine, you know, like if you have a stomach ache or if you're having heart palpitations or, um, you know, your liver doesn't, you know, you've got some sort of liver issue uh, or any sort of internal medicine uh, disease. I'm interested in that and how Chinese medicine can help that. Well, I'm I'm already picturing in my mind, though, you're going to start with these athletes and open them up to a new layer of, okay, this physical injury that you have, and then you'll start to get deeper and deeper with them. And they'll let you know that they've been having these stomach aches or these heart palpitations. Yeah. And I think that's something that I've noticed from from treating other patients prior to that is like what they come in for the first couple sessions uh, rarely is as superficial as they think it is. And oftentimes takes a little bit a little bit of time to get through the symptoms to really find out what the cause or what the root problem is. And in Chinese medicine, we love to talk about treating roots, the root of a problem versus like a branch, you know, like Mm -hmm. symptoms um aren't always you don't always want to just treat the symptom you want to find out why the symptom is occurring and see if you can treat that uh initial or the deepest or the like kind of the root cause of what's causing everything else um and i think if i had to put chinese medicine into a 30 second sound bite it would be that yeah yeah i think i was going to ask you like because i and if you don't have an answer because it's convoluted question but um what would you say acupuncture is for someone that doesn't really know anything about it? Like say a potential patient, um, how would you best sum it up besides the root and the branch idea? What yeah. would you add to that? Well, the thing to, I think the important things to remember about Chinese medicine are that they are, that Chinese medicine is a standalone system of medicine. Um, and it didn't, it didn't evolve uh, after current western medicine right it mm-hmm. current western medicine is thousands and thousands of years old also chinese medicine is thousands and thousands of years old uh but they don't always see eye to eye on um how to get through a diagnosis and how to treat a problem right um and also i think what's important is chinese medicine is chinese you can't separate the chinese part from the medicine right? And call it something else. So this Mm -hmm. is like, 
a little bit, I'm not really answering your question, Nicole, but I think it's important to speak about <laughs> cultural appropriation in Chinese medicine and in any traditional medicine. Uh, because as soon as you start taking the Chinese part out of it, then you're really uh, ruining the medicine, right? You're not going to understand it through the lens that it's supposed to be seen under, but you're also diminishing right. the importance of the people who uh, grew and developed this medicine. So shout, you yeah, got to give think... a shout out to the past masters and understand that you are uh, furthering a profession of medicine, but also you have to respect where it came from. I love that. Yeah, for sure. And I think you and I, Jim, have, and you and Brett and I have talked about, like, we were worried just throughout our schooling, being like, are we appropriating this culture? And because we're both white and, you know, um, and we're concerned about that as we should be. Um, but I think we had discussed that, like, we know where this medicine come from, comes from and we respect where it comes from and we've learned the history. Um, and it's not that we're trying to steal it. We're trying to like honor it. Um, and we always, you know, let people know like on podcasts and stuff like this, that that's where it came from and we need to um, respect where it came from and honor those people that worked hard thousands of years ago and continue to, to keep this medicine alive. Agreed. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> uh, but going back to your question, uh, what would be my what would be my spiel about Chinese medicine? Is that Chinese medicine is for people to look at their diseases from a different standpoint, right? Especially here mm -hmm. in the U.S., everybody has been raised in the Western medical paradigm. So we go to the doctor when we feel sick. They give us drugs. We take it home. I've got nothing wrong with pharmaceuticals, uh, but it doesn't, always, it doesn't always serve the patient the way that the patient wants to be served, right? Right. And so Chinese medicine is, an medicine is an opportunity to try something different while still um, dealing with whatever symptoms you're having. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to change your whole mindset of, um, oh, well, now I'm I'm someone who uses alternative medicine or traditional medicine as opposed to Western uh, biomedicine because they don't have to be separate from each other. They can be used together, um, but they're different enough that maybe one thing will work better for you than another. And it's pretty safe to try. I think too, like we're living in this renaissance of, east meeting west and we should utilize what works best for our bodies and for ourselves but i will say that my experience with traditional chinese medicine as the patient as compared to western medicine you do get that vibe of this isn't the last time that we have to see each other i'm not trying to get you out of here in 15 minutes mm -hmm. and i think that part of it in and of itself is is more patient focused. And again, getting to the root cause so often that can't be done in a 15 to 20 minute appointment. Yeah. And I think the, the wonderful thing about Chinese medicine is yes, I want to know about your symptoms. If I'm doing an initial intake with a patient um, and for those people that don't know who are listening, if you've never been to an acupuncture uh, treatment before the your acupuncturist or your Chinese medicine practitioner is going to interview you. They're going to take 15 or 20 minutes to talk to you about 
symptoms that you're having, but also other bodily functions that you may not think are connected, but we do. And the thing that I love about Chinese medicine, um, and one of the, the starkest differences between Chinese medicine and biomedicine, is that biomedicine tends to look at a symptom and treat the symptom the same way, right? Um, everybody who's got high blood pressure that's high enough to be medicated are going to get a medication that is designed to lower your blood pressure, right? From like a cellular mm -hmm. level. But right. in Chinese medicine, three different people who have high blood pressure may be showing other symptoms, which would then lead the acupuncturist or the Chinese medicine practitioner to understand that they're not going to be treated all the same way, right? Not everybody who has high blood pressure gets the same treatment. Um, and so it, because the diagnosis, because, the diagnosis be because that root cause is different, right? Mm -hmm. It's always right. going to come back to root and branch. So I'm going to try not to talk about it too much, but <laughs> it's going to be, it, you'll see it pop up again and again. Um, yeah. So treating the, the person as a whole, looking at their whole ecosystem, if you will, their biology as an ecosystem, because your heart can't work properly unless if the kidneys aren't working properly, the liver can't work properly if the heart's not working properly. So we want everything to be working as best they can and working together as best they can. Does that answer it enough? Yeah, I for think sure. it does. <laughs> yeah. I tend to get really like verbose when I am excited about what I'm talking about. But you do it oh, so thanks. well. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> That's why I had you come on and speak <laughs> instead of me. <laughs> Um, let me see. Do you have another question, Brett? That you well, wanted? some of my questions too, because I'm definitely just curious about you, Jim. Like, what yeah. do you do for yourself? Um, sure. Do you receive like acupuncture treatments now? Do you do it to yourself? Like, what what do you do for as far as your day to day healthcare routine? Well, as far as like acupuncture treatments, I haven't been treated in a while. Um, we had access to basically like unlimited acupuncture treatments when we were in school and I would usually get one treatment a week. Um, but towards the end, you know, we, we finished school with the whole, uh, COVID-19 shutdown. So pretty quickly, well, it seems like it's been a long time since I've been treated, but in general, I would get treated once a week. Um, and then. I mean, going back to, to why I chose acupuncture, uh, it was a little bit of a selfish reason because I have this interest in, you know, furthering my, like, spirituality, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for me, one of the reasons I wanted to learn about acupuncture was because I wanted to learn more about Meridian System and to learn more about the, the more Chinese spiritual practices, which are... Uh, kind of a historic they're like a what do you call it chinese spiritual practices evolved parts of them into chinese medicine right they took right. some of those practices and you know used the theories of spirituality to help understand how the body works so i wanted to go and learn the medicine so that i could get a little bit deeper and see how the spirituality is i um, love that i wasn't expecting you to say that at all I know. I guess I was feeling a little <laughs> reluctant to talk about it because yeah, no. at the risk of feel of like sounding a little, um, a little too out there. 
Um, I do have an interest in meditation and furthering your spiritual practice. You know, like I'm interested that the Buddha is the Buddha, right? And mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. he became the Buddha, right? Right. And the nice thing about Buddhism is the Buddha is not uh, you know, a deity, right? Mm-hmm. But is a teacher and someone who you can emulate and hopefully anybody can attain that enlightenment, right? If we're going to use, if we're going to use the word, let's just use enlightenment as, as this, whatever, whatever spiritual uh, development is and the culmination of it, or the highest level that we can at least achieve here on earth. um, We'll, I'll just call it enlightenment. Uh, And I'm interested in finding that. I just don't know how, right? But what I, what I do know is that if you are, trying to help other people you're never going to make the wrong decision mm-hmm. if that's what's in your heart mm-hmm. right so I want to learn about myself and my spirituality and I want to develop that but I also want to do that through helping other people and acupuncture and Chinese medicine are like a great way to do that for me yeah absolutely so what do you do for your own self-care then? So you said you're into meditation. What does yep. that look like for you? Do you wake up every day and meditate or is it something different? Sometimes, you know, like ideally I'd like to practice every day and, you know, start with, you start with just as much as you can every day. Eventually that will increase in time as you gain practice, but I get burnt out and I stop too. Like, honestly, I'm in a little bit of a slump right now. Mm-hmm. School's over. I feel like I'm on vacation. Uh, I have less structure in my life now, which I don't always do so well with. Like, part of the reason I joined the military when I was young was because I knew I needed structure. So yeah. in these times where it's like, well, I can just kind of sit at home and study if I want to, then I, like, don't even know what to do. Like, I have all these so many options, I don't know what to do. So I'm in the same position <laughs> as you right now, so I can understand that. But that that said, um, you know, ideally, I would spend a few minutes a day just sitting by myself. Um, I use beads to help count. You know, meditation is another one of these terms that is so broad that nobody knows what you're talking about when you say meditation. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. For me, what my practice is like is I will sit in a uh, good posture, you know, upright back. Try to keep all of my, you know, for me, I think about from a a body perspective, kind of making a little space between all of my joints, making a little space between my bones and my muscles, making a little space uh, between each of my cells, right? And for Mm -hmm. me, that is how chi flows through the body the best. That is kind of what I'm looking for when I'm in a meditative practice. But then it's, that's, that's the physical aspect of it. And then the mental aspect is, can I stay with my breath and count my breaths without disappearing into, um, you know, la-la land with my brain? You're like daydreaming, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Start thinking about, oh, my shop, I got a shopping list. I got to go to the grocery store tomorrow. And that is not, then when you notice that, come back into the breath, follow the breath and um, just see if you can avoid the distractions. Mm-hmm. which is, of course, a futile uh, attempt. You know, you can't. You're going to get distracted all the time. Um, but that's what my meditation is like. There's no visual- visualization, really. It's trying to, like, open the body up in a relaxed way, 
and stay with the breath. Um, go ahead. Um, this, um, so I know you do this meditation. You said you sit with the bees mm-hmm. and stuff, but I also know you're avid Qigong. Or... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so f- I know for me, when I do Qigong, that's a type of med- a type mm-hmm. of meditation. It's not just, you know, one, you know, the meditation, but um, is that it for you but i know you're more into it so do you more focus on the physical aspect or is focusing on the physical like a different type of meditation that you get different benefits yeah i guess that's a great question because my answer is i don't really know like every practice is a little bit Mm -hmm. different and as i'm Mm -hmm. learning qigong sets or forms um i am trying to get the choreography right Mm -hmm. but at a certain point when you practice enough, then the choreography becomes a little bit mindless, right? You don't need to think about it so much. And then I can start to focus on, well, when I'm extending my arm, can I open that space in between my elbow? Can I open up that space between like my arm and my wrist? And this is where that opening of the joints that I was doing in seated practice transitions over into this moving practice. So now when my arms mm-hmm. open and I extend, then there's space. And as I uh, flex my elbows in a movement, then I start to close that space. And then it becomes this kind of pumping action that happens if you're doing it properly. Every time you extend a joint, you open a little bit. Every time you flex a joint, you close a little bit. And so there becomes this kind of pulsing. And so it's the combination right. of the two. If I was... The stuff that I'm doing in sitting practice, I'm also trying to do in moving practice, but there's more distraction. Mm-hmm. So you're training yourself mm-hmm. to deal with more distraction, but still stay focused. And that's my, right. that, that's how I understand how Qigong works right now. You know, and I've only been practicing for a few years and in 30 years, I'm right. sure I'm going to have a totally different experience and description of it. But yeah. for now, this is me now and how I deal with it. Yeah, and for those that don't know, too, um, Qigong is like a form of basically exercise that obviously we've been talking, it can be for mental exercise as well as physical um, that we use and that we like prescribe these exercises to our patients and to ourselves um, for different things. You can kind of break it down into, you know, do this one exercise for upper back pain and blah, blah, blah. But um, in general, like people that really take it seriously, especially like people like Jim, um, do it for a wide range of benefits. And do you want to speak to that a little bit? Like just in general, what Qigong is and does? Yeah, I can try. Again, this is all from like, okay. <laughs> I can only really talk about like what my experience of it has been, right. you know? And mm-hmm. so for me, um, for me, it takes exercise to a deeper level. It takes it to that spiritual level but it also can take it to a physically healing level too, right? Because of that kind of pulsing that I'm talking about when I'm kind of opening up the joints and closing and opening up the space between the cells and closing it, that pumping action, I think, right? There's no science behind this right now. This is just my experience. Um, You know, this is how you get toxins and, uh, the byproducts of cellular action and cellular respiration in and out of the body, right? 
-hmm. Like get this Mm -hmm. stuff moving into the systems that are designed to clear it out. And your body's going to start to um, operate better. Plus by having the focus to be able to relax your muscles as you are uh, completing these movements um, is a different, just a different way of training your body than like a heavy deadlift or back squat, right? Both of those things are exercises. One is from a Chinese medicine perspective, we would say is a very young action, that heavy 400 pound back squat that you can only do one repetition of is like the most force. And you're putting all of your energy into that. And so young, but think about doing that same squat with no uh, weight attached to it but trying to do it as smoothly and as relaxed as you can while still maintaining good body alignments. And you're going to have the same exercise, but it's going to be um, dealt with in your brain a lot different, a lot differently. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That's kind of like, that's where my interest in Qigong is moving um, is like, how can, how can we use this in athletes too? I know a couple of minutes ago, I was like, I'm not interested in training athletes that much, but, but also <laughs> I am. I'm so interested in it. I'm interested in everything. Right. Well, the coach inside you is like, it. I have to. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm always like, I wish that I had found this years ago. Like my mm-hmm. whole life would be different if, if I started this earlier, but mm-hmm. that's also a silly thing to say, because of course this is the right time for what I'm doing right now. And everything that happened beforehand is, has led me to this point. So. Yeah. And I've met a lot of personal trainers or athletes that have been so focused on the physical for so long. And then as time goes on, they start to get into that spiritual practice because that piece had been missing. And that's when they really become fulfilled they might have had all the highest honors and medals and won all the trophies yep but then once they tapped into their spiritual practice that's when they were able to fully embody for sure i i can totally see that and i don't know if i see it so much well and i see it in myself too you know that's that's part of the reason that i am on this this course in my life Cause I'm trying to pull all of these things together and you, I personally, I feel separated from myself a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, and it's just something that like, that's what life does to you, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. Um, but if, the closer I can get back to feeling like whole again with that s- spirit and body mixing together. And I think, uh, you know, if we're, we were talking about Qigong a minute ago, like, I think that's what Qigong helps to do. But that's what Chinese medicine helps to do, too. Like, this is kind of like, it doesn't matter what path you're on. Just do this part. Do this. Try to be yeah. become whole again. Uh, that's what my big goal is in life. And I'm just choosing Chinese medicine to, to do that. Right. At least in this, these few moments. These days. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I feel like I got way off topic with you guys. No, no, no. That's where you said that. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. We're like, and what were we talking yeah. about? <laughs> um, I do have a, I have a question for you because I was thinking about how Britt and I talk about it a, yeah. a lot and like how 
um, changes of seasons and stuff affect us? And I wanted to know, because I actually never asked you this question, like, what season do you think affects you the most, whether it be good or mm. bad? Um, or, like, what you have the most trouble kind of getting through? Because as you know, seasons have different emotional components sure. to it. Um, and sometimes we kind of feel stuck in others while we flow through freely through some seasons yeah well for me i think fall and spring are the easier uh seasons for me i love fall if i had to pick one season that i love it's fall because mm-hmm. i'm like a hu- pumpkin spice latte because of the pumpkin spice <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> uh, i get really hot in the summer and i get uncomfortable and when i'm hot i'm cranky so that's why i don't really like the summer <laughs> um and i don't like <laughs> I don't like to put on too many warm clothes. Fall mm-hmm. and spring give you the perfect amount of clothing to wear. It's like chilly enough that you want a sweatshirt, <laughs> but it's warm enough that you don't need a jacket. Mm-hmm. And right. summer, it's just like, I just can't take enough clothes off uh, <laughs> because I'm too hot. And even if I were, if, even if I didn't have clothes on, I would still be too hot in the summer. So... I don't know, but I never really thought of it in from a Chinese medicine perspective. No. Not really. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, we we relate it too to our menstrual cycle, but I guess that probably doesn't, you know, doesn't work for you. You don't have one of those. No. <laughs> that I know of. I feel like, yeah, no. Um, I feel like my hormones fluctuate. But I don't know. Though, with, the, with the months and the seasons. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go through, well, do you feel comfortable talking about I, that? Well, I just don't, I don't, I haven't coalesced it all into a theory grand theory or anything i just feel like there's definitely times where i'm like why am i so irritated there's really no reason for Mm -hmm. it and it must be i just feel like it must be hormonal but Mm -hmm. maybe that's just because i feel left out like as a man you know as a white man who never has any opportunities in the world I'm saying that as a joke, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you know, sometimes you feel left out of the like menstrual party. Mm-hmm. Oh, only an acupuncturist would say that. <laughs> I was just gonna say the same thing. <laughs> I would love to hear any other man that's not in the medical field say that. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, as we know, it tells you a lot of information about oh, the body. So much. Um. And when we had Marnie in class, she was like, you know, we're so lucky to have the menses as women to tell us what's going on internally. And she's like, men don't have that. And so I can see how you almost feel left out because like we do have more information um, to give practitioners when we have a menstrual cycle versus when you don't. I I just always think because you're um, like my husband too. I'll say things about like, oh, the full moon and all this stuff. He's like, why does this matter? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Of course it matters. It's just, I think as women, we can be a little bit more in touch with what's going on. But you have the gift that you can appreciate it from both sides, too, though. True. Because I really don't envy a menstrual cycle, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm, of course, always in awe of what it does and, like, what it's designed to do. to, To, like, create and to take these two cells and turn them into an embryo and a human being is like whoa that's pretty pretty amazing um so much respect to that but uh yeah i've been as i've studied chinese medicine i have noticed a lot started to notice more like moon cycles 
mm-hmm. and you can't help but start to kind of like well we're so open in, chi- in medicine school about like each other like we had no problem talking to each other about who was bleeding and who was having diarrhea and who's <laughs> having constipation like we as as medical providers want to know that stuff about you as a patient and the more we know about that stuff like the more compassion we can have for you because everybody feels shitty sometimes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the Mm -hmm. times people Mm -hmm. are feeling shitty. So it should be something that you are comfortable talking about. Um, I got off topic again, but anyway, uh, yeah, I've been noticing like moon cycles more like it's getting to be about the full Mm -hmm. moon. So somebody's going to start feeling a little more irritable than they usually do. Right. You know, or, and it was usually just me all the time, but but also, <laughs> but also that gives you the opportunity to be like, okay, everybody gets a little bit, um, a l- little bit more leeway during the full moons, or when whoever's right. like not feeling their best, and so that's a way that you can be in mm-hmm. tune with people around you and the people you care about. Um, this is another way, I think that like the study of Chinese medicine allows you to learn how to work with the ever-changing cycles of life uh, and the daily ups and downs, you know, and like being able to anticipate it, right? One's menstrual cycle is, and it's getting to be about that time. It's like, it's, it's not a bad idea to give them a little bit actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say bring some chocolate, but I did. I don't want to sound too like flippant about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. and that might not be what everyone exactly, needs. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everybody can use right. a little more space when they're not feeling so themselves. And, you know, from a Chinese medicine, medicine, like treatment perspective, I can give you an acupuncture treatment, which will hopefully make you feel a little bit better. You know, I can right. alleviate some of those cramps or at least hold mm-hmm. some space for you so that your body can relax a little bit more than it was so that you can feel a little bit better because yeah. let's be clear about, I don't, I never think that I am making someone better, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can help someone in their own. I can help tune someone's body to kind of heal itself a little bit better or well, and, relax yeah, someone like a little a- bit more so that their systems work a little more optimally. Right. And I think you keep mm-hmm. bringing it back to this offering space. So you're offering space for the client or the patient to tell you what's going on with them for them to feel comfortable and safe and expressing that you're going to offer that space of your knowledge and what you can do for them. Just like we were talking about a few minutes ago with the Qigong and with the meditation, like yes. it all comes back down to just creating that space And I do think that even though we are living in a crazy time, I really think that's where we're headed, hopefully, with healthcare and with just everyday life, is that we're allowing for more space for people and understanding. I mean, the last 10 years, we've brought mental health to the surface, and now it's time to, okay, we know a lot of people have mental health disorders and issues but now what are we doing for them and and maybe it is just creating that safe space and allowing for that expression and how do you incorporate it into primary care right right because it's still it's still a specialty yeah you you go to your primary care there's a disconnect it's like another thing that i like about chinese medicine 
topic. We talk about how you're feeling emotionally too. Not mm-hmm. to say that we're therapists or trying to be therapists, but I've never had, I've never had a medical doctor ask me um, if I've been irritable, mm-hmm. right? Like, are mm-hmm. you feeling upset lately? Are you feeling okay? You know, um, unless I was like actually showing signs of anger and the anger was coming from me feeling like they were incompetent, right? Yeah. Not that, not that it's just like a symptom, <laughs> yeah. but you know, in Chinese medicine, we want to talk to our patients like they're human beings and treat them as such because I, I want to get the sense of the full spectrum of you as a person mm-hmm. who is my patient, not just like a patient, well, You're not just it, some random patient to me. You're like a person that I want to get to know better so that we can help you feel better. Right. And it wasn't until I was introduced to Chinese medicine that I even understood that having anger or grief was okay and just part of the human experience I had always been told that that was a bad thing to experience anger and grief and that you shouldn't express those oh sure where Mm -hmm. my introduction to Chinese medicine that was the first time that I started to understand that we're all supposed to experience all of those emotions yeah I think that so many people like chase happiness as if that's the only valuable emotion out there you know of joy but we need all the other emotions to a appreciate being joyful and happiness more um but like we need to feel these other emotions because it just it's part of like the human experience yeah um and it's okay to feel that way and it's i think i've learned through school myself that to give myself the space to feel that and not be ashamed of it. Um, not to think that like, it makes me weak to feel these things. Um, and it, n- not to say that it's like giving me an excuse to be an asshole to mm. someone or just to like cry all the time in class. Cause that's not appropriate either. But, um, but to like, you know, give myself time be like, okay, you're feeling this way. Let's figure out why let's feel it, be in it and try to like move on. Um, which is really important. I think Chinese medicine has helped me, accept that more for sure and even so far as sometimes all it takes is to recognize the emotion that's occurring it's like i'm feeling really depressed i don't know why but i know that it's just me feeling depressed like this is the part that feels Mm -hmm. so bad and i can be depressed but also not be so attached to the feeling right so that you can eventually it'll go away eventually it will go away for me Mm -hmm. right yes And so even if I'm feeling real bad in, in whatever way, you know, like if I'm feeling real angry or if I'm feeling real sad or if I'm feeling depressed, um, then at least I can recognize that I'm feeling that way and know that it's not going to last forever. And also careful not to make decisions based on the emotion. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. If I can make that little bit of a disconnect, then I feel like I can make choices that are more in line with my personal beliefs, right? Instead of going off and just having like a, having a moment, you know, having an irrational response to something. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, Jim, I have a question yeah. for you because I know I don't like to treat myself uh-huh. with the needles. Yep. <laughs> um, I think that's mostly just school's fault because they're, you know, needling each other constantly. Um, 
But do you feel the same way or do you treat yourself at home? Do you kneel yourself or moxa cup, any of the modalities? No, very rarely. Um, which, yeah. And I think just like you said, we've been through it for so such an intense period of time that I'm feeling a little, a little tired of it. But also mm-hmm. now that it's been a few weeks, I'm like, man, I should, I should really just like needle myself, you know, mm-hmm. even just to keep up the practice because I do feel like, I'm not practicing on people. Um, so I need to like keep my skills at least current, you know, at least yeah. passable. And even if it's not like flawless, um, <laughs> but I'm actually more apt to mess around with herbs. I really um, started to feel close and connected to herbal medicine in the last couple trimesters of school. It was a, it's, mm-hmm. it's always a challenge to study herbs. Um, because there's mm-hmm. so many and they have the, uh, the opportunity to like do so many different things mm-hmm. that it's hard to keep them all straight in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what, that's what school and what practice is going to re- require of us. Like we're going to need to pull these ingredients out of our heads without having to study them in books. And so it takes some memorization and that's hard, but I like, I'm really interested in, in fooling around with it. So I do, um, I will like order myself some herbs if I'm feeling a certain way. And that's how I treat my, myself mm-hmm. is mostly through herbs. Um, a little bit of, yeah, basically that I haven't, I really haven't needled myself since classes. Um, but right. I do want to, now that things are starting to kind of calm down and acupuncturists are open and practicing and new procedures are in place. Like I am looking to get, to find someone to, get uh regular acupuncture from because i think it is important mm-hmm. yeah for sure do you have a recommendation for people who are seeking out acupuncture like what would be your generic advice you would give to the average joe who wants to try acupuncture for the first time maybe um i would say definitely try it mm-hmm. the risk is so low that it's never going to hurt to try acupuncture and Chinese medicine and to try something new Mm -hmm. Um, because you may find that you really, really love it and that it helps you with the thing that you want help with. Uh, But if I were going to try to recommend things to look for in an acupuncturist, I would say the person who you see as an acupuncturist needs to do that, that interview with you. Yeah. If you have someone come in and just like asks you for a symptom and lays you on the table and sticks needles in you, then I would question that. Like, like I said earlier, you need to understand how a patient uh, exists and functions out in the world, right? So you need to ask questions. A patient should feel like their practitioner is interested in what they have to say and helping them get better. Um, and don't settle for just uh, someone who does the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Some people just have um, protocols that they, you know, I've got neck pain. Okay, I have a needle protocol for neck pain. That's not operating under how Chinese medicine is designed to work. Right. That's just treating symptoms with something that, that's just treating symptoms, not that root cause, not that what could be a deeper issue that needs to be treated mm-hmm. um and feel comfortable with the person like not every acupuncturist is going to treat people the same way 
and you're not always going to mesh with everybody. Right. So just because it's your friend's favorite acupuncturist that you go to, that you first go to and that they recommend because they love them doesn't mean that you're going to love them. You kind of have to shop around a little bit. Um, yeah. So find someone who you feel comfortable with, who you want to and don't mind talking about your poop with, mm-hmm. you know, or your, your menses, like how you're bleeding and how you're feeling. Like you should feel comfortable telling that person stuff like that. Um, if you want the best treatment. And I think just to add another piece of advice for people that are searching for acupuncturists and I've never been before. Um, and I, I guess I can only speak for myself, but when, when you say you come back from a treatment from a week ago and we ask you, how was it? Don't try to appease us and say that, Oh, I feel better. If a, you don't feel better or nothing has changed um, because that doesn't help us at all um we'll change our treatment say you didn't get better you got worse or whatever like we're going to change our treatment and our diagnosis to fit like what your symptoms are um because if you're giving us false information then it's not going to help either of us and you're just not going to continue to get better (laughs) i think i i know probably myself i have a hard time with this as well being completely honest because you want the other you want the practitioner even in massage to feel good being like yeah i feel like i feel better Mm -hmm. you know you want them to feel good you want them to feel like they did something good um but it's so important to be completely honest with how you're actually feeling and how the treatment went i don't know if you think the same jim yeah i totally agree i mean everybody wants to feel like they did a good job but you learn more and you get you're able to um well, yeah, you learn more from the constructive criticism. If you didn't like mm-hmm. something, tell me. If you're not yeah. doing better, tell me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, yeah, I think that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So before we finish here, I just want to ask you, Jim, like, what do you think you'll be doing in the next few months? I know you still have to take your test and get mm-hmm. licensed, but what are kind of your plans? Where will you be? Where can people mm. find you? Um, well, my plan right now first and foremost is I got to get that license, right? So Mm -hmm. boards, I take my um, last board that I need for licensure on the 15th of September. Um, So in two weeks from now, and as soon as I get my license, my plan is to kind of jump around from town to town for now. Uh, I have some friends who are Mm -hmm. in, I'm in uh, Finger Lakes of New York in central New York. Um, and I'm not leaving this area anytime soon. I have no plan to. So I'm going to start uh, potentially working in a gym in Skinny Atlas, um, treating, doing a little bit of coaching. I'm gonna, I plan to coach a little bit while I'm waiting for my license to come through because it can be a long process. Mm-hmm. Um, but also mm-hmm. start to see if anyone's interested in getting acupuncture and Chinese medicine um, treatments from me there. Uh, also down in Cortland, New York, and in Ithaca, New York, too. Uh, Those are all places that I have people that have already shown interest in either working with me or being treated by me. And then the plan is to just see where I get the, uh, where it makes the most sense for me to kind of focus and to settle down. And maybe it means, you know, traveling around. It's pretty far distance, you know, Uh, but split my Mm -hmm. my time throughout the week and spend a couple days in each place. Um, That's my plan for the next few months. Nice. Um, 
And I don't think you you don't have a, a website. No, yet, right? I don't have anything or set anything up yet. Like that or... um, I guess I've been kind of like resisting it a little bit, procrastinating maybe. <laughs> um, it's scary. The yeah, unknown. this is my first foray into like opening a small business too. Like we had, we didn't talk about that mm-hmm. part really. And I don't want to get too deep into it, but it's like amazing how much like business savvy you should have going into this too because most of us are going to be opening our own businesses right um so that's a little bit of a scary but also exciting prospect for me is to like learn more about that but it also means like you got to learn by doing it i think that's the best way Mm -hmm. yeah and like i always i constantly have to like remind myself that it's okay to make mistakes you know if at any point if at any point throughout this recording i made it sound like oh, I meditate every day and I practice Qigong and I got, you know, everything going for me. That is not the way that I feel like in real life, you know, like, uh, and I'm sure that especially in like crazy world that we're in right now, like everybody's feeling a little unease Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's okay to feel like that. Yeah. I myself have dealt with a lot of the imposter syndrome. Sure. And I'm still dealing with it, but I think you've already said it we've said it on here before it really just comes back to taking care of yourself and making sure that you are doing what you can to feel whole so i really think that you have a bright future ahead of you this is so interesting and i know nicole told me that i was gonna like you and i never doubt nicole but i'm like oh my god i'm obsessed with you so i'm excited I'm really excited for you and your journey has been awesome and I just can connect through you know growing up on a farm and things like that and in the Chinese medicine so it's just been a delight to get to know you and I hope we can have you back sometime oh my god I would love to come back I feel so um I feel so lucky that I got to work with you guys today yeah, and I think there's a lot that we left unsaid. So. Oh my gosh, so much! I was like, oh man, are we gonna have yeah, enough to talk so much about? To talk and to. I feel like this could become a whole series <laughs> in itself. Right. <laughs> I know. We'll start yeah, another podcast, the three of us. <laughs> um, all thank right, you thank so much. you so much, Jim, for coming I on. Too. I love you. I love you both. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening and. Um, if you want to get in touch with Britt or I, um, I know I'm at essence.acupuncture on Instagram and Britt's on at, at balanced um, Britta or balance underscore Britta. So you can check us out there. And if you want Jim's info to um, talk to him, you can just message us, either of us totally. on Instagram. I'll have a business. By the next time we, right. uh, we do this, I'll have something <laughs> set up. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Uh-huh. All right. Good. Awesome. Bye. All right. Bye.